Today's episode of No Sleep Till Belmont is brought to you by Robinhood. With Robinhood, you can invest in stocks, options, and ETFs right from your phone. You can even spend and earn interest on uninvested cash. And with fractional shares, you can buy stocks in any amount, including companies like Apple, Amazon, and Tesla for as little as $1. And that's with no commission fees or account minimums. So whether you're new to investing and ready to learn or just looking for a better experience, stop waiting and join the 10 million Robinhood users. Listeners can get started with a free stock by going to nosleep.robinhood.com. That's nosleep.robinhood.com. All investments involve risk. This is not an investment advice, a recommendation, or a solicitation of any security. Other fees may apply. Visit rbnhd.co slash fees. The free stock program is subject to certain limitations. Annual percentage yield on uninvested cash is paid by program banks and is variable. Robinhood Financial is not a bank. Howdy, everyone. This is Arthur Staple coming to you live from the parking lot here at the Nassau Coliseum. <laughs> it's too loud inside to really find space to do this uh, so that you can hear me. But uh, my car in the parking lot outside of Gate 5, uh, which is a familiar spot to most Islander fans, this parking lot, and probably even to a guy who got to park underneath for all of his time with the Islanders, my co-host here at No Sleep Till Belmont, Mr. Mark Parrish. What's up, my friend? I heard you were playing a little, heard you were playing a little hockey today. I, I was, yeah. There's a there's a little bit of a uh, NHL celebrity hockey game going on out here in uh, Hockey Day, Minnesota, on Friday. And uh, after my first skate, and I don't know how many months, I'm kind of regretting saying yes. To be honest with you, <laughs> I wasn't expecting to hurt this much after an hour. Well, I imagine the celebrities that are the you know the non former player celebrities that are involved probably feel a lot worse just because they never actually played. So, um, but maybe not. Maybe uh, maybe. I, I don't know. I, maybe it just I, hurts no matter what, because once you hit 40, it just, everything hurts once you try to be active. Oh, amen. I felt it at like 32 <laughs> in the NHL, but I think the one thing that we're all terrified of is this Mike Madonna guy that's in the game. Oh, and we got to somehow keep up with that guy. What a show off. Well, I hear when he played, there was plenty of clutching and grabbing, so I'm sure he'll be familiar with it if that happens. That's right. He's um, going to be on his face a lot, hooking, <laughs> tripping. So... <clears throat> The Islanders uh, are coming off uh, a really uh, – Barry Trotz was uh, very generously called it a hot mess when we were talking <laughs> this morning. Uh, and he was he was pissed last night. He didn't um, – uh, normally he comes right off the ice and goes straight to talk to Shannon Hogan, who's the studio host for MSG for the Islanders. Mm-hmm. And then he'll go back in and we'll, he'll come back out and talk to the rest of us uh, media types. Uh, but last night he didn't. He came. He only came out once, and that was uh, several minutes after we were all done in the locker room. And that, you know, may have been an oversight on his part. But I think he's such a professional. He's been doing this for a long, long time. I happen to. I have to think that he was frustrated with how that game went, and certainly lots of Islander fans were frustrated with how it went. It was a, a typical Islander Ranger game of recent vintage. It was, you know, a weird one. Islander score. Uh, with the Rangers standing around watching Jordan Everly 18 seconds in. Uh, there's a couple of fights, the second of which didn't happen 
uh, didn't happen uh, after the next puck drop from the first fight between Ross Johnson and Michael Haley, which meant that Matt Martin and Brennan Smith were guilty of starting a second altercation before uh, yeah. game was restarted, which meant they were automatically uh, ejected from the game, both of which were, I think, were a little surprised and frustrated by that. Uh, yeah. The Islanders were so already was I a little bit, to be honest with you. When I was watching, I it's was not, like, oh, why are they kicking? Oh, that's true. It's why not really the bad? spirit... It's not really the spirit of the rule, which is don't start a, a fight while the linesmen and, and officials are already engaged in trying to break up another fight, which I totally exactly. understand. This was a little bit of a different scenario. Um, exactly. Uh, and the Islanders were already without Casey Zizekas. So they were basically, it was basically top six forwards, top nine forwards against top nine forwards. And the Rangers um, really exploited that with their high-end skill, especially Artemi Panarin, who flirted with the Islanders before signing with the Rangers, so maybe that made it uh, doubly frustrating uh, for the Islander fans, but it was um, it was a gong show. It was a 6-2 final. Uh, the Islanders have a couple more chances to, to get some revenge on the Rangers Thursday, uh, and then next Tuesday, their last game before a, a lengthy break for the All-Star break and the five-day CBA break. Um, but, uh, but yeah, let's, let's talk, uh, let's dig in a little bit more on, on, last night because since uh since we recorded last week um you know they had they actually were playing quite well they 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 beat jersey in overtime in a kind of a back and forth game um they played a really uh a really solid game against the bruins and weren't really rewarded for their efforts um in an overtime loss and that kind of prompted some some power play concerns that we'll talk we'll get into a little bit more uh, but the Ranger game was really it kind of harkened back to that rough stretch they had, um, kind of leading into the Christmas break and getting out of the Christmas break. The Chicago game coming out of the break, I think, was more a function of flying the same day. Uh, they flew, the, you know, they traveled the furthest of anybody to play that game coming out of the holiday break, and that's that was kind of you throw that one away. But I think this one felt a little bit more like uh, the Nashville game that was here. Uh, about a month ago, an 8-3 loss. The Anaheim game that was here, which was a 6-5 shootout loss, but really um, it was far too wide open against a very poor team in the Ducks. Um, yes. And the Rangers are not that bad. So uh, last night um, last night was a stinker, and uh, one good aspect of this Islander team is that they do rebound well under Barry Trotz when they've had a bad game, and I think getting right back on the ice is probably something that they wanted to do. Uh, especially against the Detroit team that's worst in the league uh, by a long shot. Mm-hmm. Um, but even if it was the Rangers or someone else, you know, I think uh, you look at some of their games, Colorado last week, which was coming off a, a not-so-great game in Toronto, um, you know, that Boston game a couple of weeks ago up in Boston that they won in a shootout that was coming off those two bad games I had spoken about. Mm-hmm. Um, this team responds well, but but we're getting to the point where you don't really want to see those stinkers anymore because... Um, you know, we're getting down to whatever, about five weeks before the trade deadline. We're in the last, uh, you know, segment of the season, 35 or so games to go for most of the teams, 37 or 38 for the Islanders. Um, how, you know, how do you see last night's game market? And is it, is it a, a, a you know, are you, are, is it okay that fans are starting to, their hands are hovering over the panic button, even at 27, <laughs> 27, 13 and four. Uh, I, I don't think uh, I, I think everybody just needs to relax just a little bit. Uh, yeah, I think uh, the one thing I learned is uh, the fan base, and, and rightfully so, they put a lot of emphasis on the Ranger games, and it's it's a it's a rival game. It's the biggest rivalry, obviously, the Islanders have, and um, so it 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 tends to kind of 
emphasize or it kind of tends to put more on those games and you tend to read into them a little bit more than you should uh, because the way I look I mean they're, they're four and four this month uh, yeah that's not great but you look at their overall standings or where they're sitting they're sitting just fine and this is the tough part of the year leading up to the all-star break this is it's so it's after Christmas you got a little bit of taste of a break from Christmas break, and then after that, it's just kind of this is the this is the meat and potatoes. This is where it just gets tough, not just mentally but physically on your body. You're just you're starting to feel it now, and and everybody, I hate to admit this, and I know the players won't, but you kind of starting to look at that break. You're already you know <laughs> now they get a nice little break here coming up, but the you're already kind of starting to look at that all star break like hey where can we go here for a few days and uh, obviously Barzell gets to go have fun but but, but in St Louis but everybody else it's it 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 just gets tough after the holidays through up until the all star break mentally and physically it just starts to wear on you uh, a ton of teams go through it and some come out obviously very well they, they get hot at this time but if there's going to be a little bit of a stretch or a little bit of a struggle this is typically the time uh, where teams that have been playing well that have had great focus and Barry Trouts has done a great job and I think that's part of why uh, Barry was frustrated last night and maybe what his actions were and I don't think they were intentional or not he wasn't trying to send a message because to be honest with you the players don't know his schedule after the seat, after the game so like they don't know that she he stops to talk to Shannon then he comes back out obviously everybody else notices that but then again that tells me that it's a frustrating time it's a hard time this is where you got to just put your head down work through it get through the the monotony of the season because this is where you feel it and then come back after the all-star break refreshed that being said you still got to be professional get your butt out there and, and do your job so so i'm not too surprised that the four and four uh yeah late night last night with the rangers uh you could nitpick it all you want but we've got plenty we got a couple more coming up against them and the best part about it is is when you do have those games uh, especially this time of year they get to come right back out and erase the memory and exercise the demons. You know, they get to come <laughs> right back out tonight against Detroit, which is the great thing about hockey and this time of the year. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it definitely has, you know, it's been an up and down stretch. I think, uh, now when we go all the way back to the end of their, their 17 game point streak, I think the record is, uh, 11, 10 and two, uh, in the yeah. 23 since they ended that, uh, they were they were I believe at 16 three and two when they finished that that run. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, you buy yourself some a, a real cushion with a 17 game point streak, which was 15 0 and two. It's not like it was you know 10 0 and seven or something like that. But <laughs> exactly. 15 0 and two. They they won a lot of games. Um, you know, they deserve to be where they are, which is which is pretty solidly in a playoff spot. The you know, the 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 cut line is starting to creep up towards them a little bit. Um, but yeah. they're still you know, they still get a couple games at hand on Carolina and Philly. Uh, if they win tonight, they're back to I think uh, nine points up on the cut on the cut line there. And um, there's uh, you know, I don't think I don't get the sense they're a team that's that's looking behind them and wondering what's gonna happen. Um, that's not the way Barry no. coaches them. I don't think it, I think it's a pretty veteran group. Yeah. Um, but they have been, you know, they, they have been struggling. I think more than uh, than that first quarter of the season would have indicated. And uh, and really, you know, you look at the guys that they're missing right now. Um, and I thought, you know, it wasn't the difference last night. There was a lot of bad, you know, kind of a lot of no shows all over the yep. ice. Um, yep. 
But I think last night was really the first time where you you, you really noticed Adam Pellick's absence. Um, having a guy who can handle the Chris Kreider, you know, I think the, the go-ahead goal for the Rangers, uh, which was the Chris Kreider, you know, kind of high tip from the slot, he was mm-hmm. backing in on Devon Taves, and, and Chris Kreider is a load for anybody uh, in the NHL. But Adam Pellick is a pretty strong guy. Probably would have been out there in that spot. You know, I think we've seen a yep. lot of uh, Taves and Scott Mayfield in spots where we would have seen Pellick and Ryan Pollock. And, and Letty yep. and Pollock have been good, but I think it's just a different, you know, I think you have a different matchup with those two guys. Pellick is a much more physical guy than Nick Letty. Um, mm-hmm. He's much more stay-at-home. He's much more... You know, I'm just going to put a body on someone in the corner, or stick and you know, stick and pin, and get the puck and get it out and get off the ice. Uh, you know, Nick, to his credit, because he's got those great wheels, can can kind of get up and down pretty well. Um, so I think you've seen a lot more Taves and Mayfield against some of the bigger guys uh, to you know to, to face yeah. them in terms of top lines and and Kreider, you know, is getting the position and and creating some space for himself that maybe he doesn't create against Adam Pellick. So there's that to me was was one kind of noticeable change and i and i think the fact that the previous four games since pellick's injury um they haven't really missed him as much is a credit to the coaching staff and a credit to the to the main five and a credit to noah dobson who i thought had one of his best games last night he was really he was up and down the ice he looked a lot more confident it wasn't a kind of the glaring uh 20 year old mistake that he's made at least once or twice uh, in some of his previous games so kudos to him and maybe that helps even out some ice time, but uh, but missing Pellick hurts, missing yeah. Clutterbuck hurts, and then when you compound it with Sezikis, who took uh, a deflected puck, he you know rather heroically tried to block a David Pasternak shot in overtime on Saturday, and it hit his stick and hit him right in the groin. Um, I mean, it was paying the price, was, baby, paying the price. It was a dead, it was a dead on <laughs> shot, and uh, you know I'd heard he wasn't. He wasn't feeling. He came with the team into the city, and he wasn't feeling so great. And they sent him back home. Uh, you know, even the you know the the, the night before the game. So, um, and he's out again tonight. Uh, just missing those three guys who are not necessarily headline guys on any team, yeah. but but for this team to put guys in the order that they need to be in, um, it, those are hard absences to overcome all at once. One hundred percent. You take out Pellick. That's the same thing as, uh, and I'm not comparing him to his, his career by any means. I'm not saying that he couldn't get there, but it, that would be like when we were playing against New Jersey, and Scott Stevens wasn't out there, or Ken Danico wasn't out there. Like you realize that there was a toughness missing, and you couldn't wait to exploit that. I guarantee you, Kreider, the Rangers, they were talking about that with him being out. Like, hey. Their big boy isn't out. Let's go set up shop. Let's make it a pain because they, they know all of a sudden it's not going to be the same battle without that defense, without that Scotty Stevens there. Like it was almost exciting for me. It was exciting for me <laughs> when I found out Scotty Stevens wasn't in the lineup or Danico because like, those guys played so hard. They make it so much more difficult in front of their net. And then you take away that aspect of the game. And yeah, Kreider and the rest of the Rangers are like, oh, here we go, boys. Let's go have some fun, you know? Yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was definitely a night for some high end skill, and and the Islanders just don't have that. You know, I think Matthew Barzell's been struggling a little bit, and I um, I think a lot has to do with his wingers. You know, he's he was playing with some interesting guys uh, all the way along these last few months, and still producing. And and of late, um, you know, I think Barry Trotz put Josh Bailey and Anthony Beauvillier on his wings, not necessarily to get. Bar's all going, but to get those other guys going, and it really has, you know, they've kind of weighed him down a little bit. It just doesn't seem like there's a lot of, um, you know, 
we're back to the times last season when when Barzell would get in the zone and get and kind of circle and circle and circle and kind of circle himself into a you know into a corner and and get the puck taken off him you know Panarin ended up with the breakaway goal to start the third period after a play like that where Barzell was looking to make something happen that really wasn't quite there Um, Mm -hmm. and it's not a knock on Bailey and Bovillier and and, you know Barry said today um, he does need to see more and it's not necessarily more goals from those guys because it's been a struggle but you need to you, you know when you're not scoring as you know Mark you need to be doing other things, and yep. and I think uh, you know for Bailey and Bovillier, Bailey's not a he's certainly not a volume shooter by any means, and and Bovillier had been when playing with Brock Nelson, but um, what you need to see from those guys, I think, is a little bit more, you know, a little bit more grind. I wouldn't be surprised mm-hmm. tonight if we saw a, a couple tweaks to the to those middle two lines because I feel like the you know Jordan Everly's been going pretty well with with Lee and and Nelson. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see um, maybe Bailey drop back down to being the center. Um, although that third line with Michael Dalcall and Tom Kunockel had some good chances last night, um, but uh, but I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him change up that line with Barzal because I think it's starting to weigh a little bit on thirteen that uh, that his wings just haven't produced a whole lot lately. And that can be frustrating. You're right. That can be very frustrating. That's one of those times where Coach Trotz, he's got to he's got to know his players, and then he's seeing Barzell every day. He's seeing his face when he comes off the ice every shift. See, he can see the frustration, and, and this is where he's just yeah. You got to make a move. Just maybe it's just a fresh start. Whether whoever you put up on the lines, and uh, for the wingers, being an old winger, like you said, when I I remember my rookie year in Florida, and Billy Smith and Denny Potvin were both working down there, and uh, you know, and Billy kind of grabbed me after a practice and he said, you know, you know, you, you're a goal scorer and they don't, you don't score every game, right? I'm like, well, I wish I could, but no, you're right. I can't score every single game. Well, what else are you going to do for the team then when you're not scoring? And, and he was, it was, you know, he was nice. And just the way he put it was kind of like that light bulb moment. Like, oh, so I need to, I need to give elsewhere. I need to do other things. <laughs> I need to learn how to play away from the puck and play that game. And, and that's uh, it, it can be something that you, you kind of lose track with when you're when your job is a goal scorer. And it happened to me, uh, obviously not just then. And it was a great lesson that that Billy gave that taught me that that's or that season uh, moving forward, where you can get in a rut as a goal scorer. You know, you, goal scorers are streaky. The very few aren't streaky, and those are the greats of the greats, and, and they get inducted first ballot Hall of Famers. Uh, but the other ones, the rest of us, like we're streaky. So uh, when you you can get into a mindset when you haven't been scoring, like crap, I'm not doing my job, I'm not doing my job, because that is your job for the team as a professional to put pucks in the net, and then you tend to forget about the rest of the game, which hurts the team way more than you not scoring. And that's one of those things, and, and, and it does happen over a season. It does happen over a career many times where you've just got to remember and remind yourself to do all the little things right. Okay, if the puck's not going in, well, i got to make sure I'm not a defensive liability. i got to make sure I, I get through the neutral zone quick. i got to make sure I forecheck hard. i got to make sure I block shots. i got to make sure I play the body. All those other little things or whatever little things that you do well, you just can't let those slip. And it, it, it just happens. It, it happens to me through my whole career but that's the one thing you got to focus on when the puck's not going in you just got to make sure you do all the other little things right and then eventually one will go in and then next thing you know you go on a 10 game goal scoring streak <laughs> well the Islanders could certainly use that and you know just to kind of wrap up the conversation <laughs> from last night Semyon Varlamov was pulled after giving up the sixth goal um you know he he 
didn't look very good after a week of looking exceptionally good where he shut out yeah. his old team last yeah. week in the Avs. Um, played very well against the Bruins and came up on the short end on the overtime power play goal. But uh, yeah. not too concerned about him having a bad one. And, and Thomas Grice goes tonight. And Grice was okay against the Devils when they beat them in overtime last week. It, this would be a good confidence boost for him to, to have a good one because uh, there's a lot happening this week. Like we said, uh, you know, Rangers again on Thursday. Um, and then back-to-back Washington and Carolina over the weekend, and then again with the Rangers on Tuesday. So I think we're going to see a pretty even split going forward here with the two goalies, um, yeah. and it would be good going into the break to get them both uh, back on track because it sort of seems like part of the the 500 run here this, this last month-plus has been a, a little bit of a dip uh, in the goaltending. Varlamov has had probably the better of the – the run and has played a little bit more, but I think uh, they could both use, uh, you know, a, a little much like a, the rest of the team, a little bit of a return to where they were before. And just a little bit of a break. It's a tough. It's a tough time of year right now to stay focused. It just is. It's it's harder mentally than it is physically, and then of course that turns into physically when your brain shuts off. And speaking of not letting your brain shut off, conference championship week is here. Four teams, two games. So little time left in the season. Don't miss out. Get in on all the action with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. With so much going on this week, DraftKings has great promotions running every day. From odds boosts to free bets, they have it all. This week only, bet on any star player to score the first TD of the game with 10 to 1 odds. It doesn't get better than that. Plus, DraftKings Sportsbook is a safe and secure betting app. You can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. And to top it all off, DraftKings Sportsbook is offering their best sign-up offer to date right now. You won't want to miss this. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code QUICK when you sign up. For a limited time, all new users can get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook is going all out with a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. Don't forget, that's code QUICK and get your sign-up bonus up to $1,000 only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right. I think, uh, you know, we've talked about the Ranger Islander game, which was uh, probably one to flush out of the memory hole. Um, (laughs) But uh, the one aspect of that game that I guess was a little bit noticeable, even though it was already out of hand, was the Islanders got three power plays. That hasn't happened, I think, in about... uh, 10 games maybe uh, and they are at 98 power plays through 44 games which um, sounds like not a lot and that's because it is not a lot uh, and in <laughs> fact it's a record low pace as I wrote uh, in a piece that ran before yesterday's game um, they're on pace they were on pace for 181 they're, I think they're more on pace for about 185 right now um, there's only one other team in the NHL since they started keeping power, team power play stats, which was the 1977-78 season. Um, only one other team, the 77-78 Atlanta Flames, 
team that does not exist anymore, <laughs> had a had 195 in an 80 game season. They're the only ones who have had fewer than 200 in a season, and that incredible. is an incredible number. And uh, you know, the Bruins game on Saturday was a power play in overtime. Brad Marchand, veteran guy, you know, he spun off of Brock Nelson in the slot. Didn't Brock didn't stick his leg out. He didn't stick put his stick between his legs. But it was you know Brad Marchand. That's it's like Michael Jordan drawing a foul. You just yep. ref's going to call it. Um, yep. On the other end of the spectrum, Matthew Barzell had a breakaway in the second period. Brandon Carlo gave him a little tap on the hands, a little tug on the hands. Puck skitter to the corner. No call by Trevor Hansen. Uh, and Mike, Matthew Barzell, more like Michael Jordan, maybe in year one or year two in the NBA, where you're not getting the calls and the refs just kind of stare at you and yep. say, "You got to earn it, kid." Um, and that's frustrating because yes. there's not there's not too many other guys besides Barzell who have the skill, the individual skill and creativity to draw power plays for this team. And that's not to say that when you're at 98 and the number 30 team in the league is at 122 or whatever, I think maybe 123, which is Anaheim. Um, and the first number one team is Colorado, which I think is over is about 166 right now. Oof. So. Oof. Yeah, there's a big gap. So something weird is happening. It's a you know, it's, there's no conspiracies. Let's not get the tinfoil hats out here. <laughs> it's not where we're going. Um, we're not going for the no, conspiracy. no, no. We I do have this conversation with a lot of Islander fans, and it it feels that way for sure. I'm not making fun. I'm just oh, saying yeah. that oh, it does. it's when not on that end. It, it does. is it is definitely not deliberate. It's just you know they're not the the style they play is not one where they're. They're, you know, pounding it to the net and, and, you know, stopping and starting and getting people putting sticks under them and, and, you know, moving bodies around the offensive zone. It's a very, it's a very simple structure they have in the offensive zone. They tend to get in the zone, go low to high, go to the net, um, and really, you know, scrums around the net unless somebody gets, you know, cross-checked really egregiously or, or dumped down. They don't really make those kind of calls. The calls these days are more in open ice and the Islanders are not a, a you know a speed open ice team except for Barzal and maybe a couple of their defensemen um <clears throat> so I'm not you know there's there's a, a, any number of factors but but um oh, yeah. when you're not getting them and you especially as a guy who was excelled at the power play when you're not getting them you really have to put some tape over your mouth and sit on your hands when you're on the bench or even when you're on the ice. And, you know, I mm-hmm. think Barzal, like a lot of elite players in recent vintage, John Tavares went through it, Sidney Crosby went through it, where you come into the league as a highly skilled player with who's used to getting a lot of attention and a lot of calls and you're not getting any of it and it's still the same infractions and the refs are just staring at you. Um, you have to grow out of it. And I think Barzell's trying to do it. And he told me, you know, he's, he feels like he's trying to do better at that. But but even even the first goal last night in Madison Square Garden, Nick Letty has Jesper Faust covered. The Varlamov leaves a rebound. Faust slashes Letty's stick out of his hands in one motion and then puts the rebound in. And the ref's just staring at it. And they're all kind of raising their hands. And, you know, mm-hmm. you, you get to the point as a fan very quickly of, why aren't we getting these calls? And if you're as yeah. a player saying, why aren't we getting these calls? I imagine that that can interrupt the process of trying to play a hockey game well. 100%. I, it reminds me, just listening to you uh, talk about uh, what what the Islanders are going through and, and uh, the situation and Letty getting a stick slashed out. And yeah, 100%. That's a penalty. I mean, that's that's a penalty. Not only is it a penalty, it should have been. A, so not only it should have been a right. penalty, but then you're it was a penalty, and it led right, led right to yeah. a goal that that like, turned the tide of the game. But yeah, so 
And and I just remember Chris Osgood when he first got out to the Islanders. Uh, he was livid. And I, I don't want to feed into the conspiracy thing. <laughs> but he was livid, nonstop. He, he couldn't believe it. I, he, he, he said, I've never yelled at refs so much in my life. Because he would we would go in after every period and be like, that would have been a penalty for us in Detroit. <laughs> that would have been a penalty for us in Detroit. That would, uh, so I don't want to lead into well, the conspiracy now, now thing. you've done it. Now but you've I kind of did, didn't I? <laughs> but he literally, he's like, I can't believe you guys don't get these calls. I can't believe you guys don't get these calls. Now, granted, you got look, you know, Detroit with the team that they had, Scotty Bowman behind the bench and and, uh, and, and everybody that they had and, and, and their talent, everything. Uh, okay, maybe, maybe they've earned it over their career to get a couple of calls, but... When when Ozzy's just every period he would come, he's like that. I can't believe we didn't get that call. I can't believe you start to realize that there are teams that tend to get calls, and it's usually the you know the bread and butter teams. And obviously, you're talking about an original six team, Detroit, uh, a legendary coach, which I'm assuming uh, intimidated just about every single ref in the league. So of course, you're going to kind of just lean that way naturally. Uh, but that being said, um, you can create uh penalties on your own and and i know that yes that that was a bad call but that happens all over the place the other thing too is you want to look at that with the detroit red wings well they had a good enough team too where the the bad calls they didn't even really notice or the non-calls they didn't even really notice because well they were going to go out there and win five on five regardless yeah if they got a couple power plays they were probably going to score if you had a couple power plays you probably weren't going to score so it really didn't maybe influence the game as much to him because i i think there probably was just as many missed calls or non-calls for them they were just that dynamic of a team where it didn't bother them it didn't phase or didn't it didn't make the game any different here and there maybe but not as not as influential with a team that's fighting to become one of the best as opposed to being the best uh, the other thing about it is with with creating penalties, you can create penalties in the offensive zone, and it's you got to get to that puck first. You got to get to that puck first and start. You got to force the defensive team to chase. Once you start forcing that defensive team to chase in their own end, that's where the sticks get in. That's where it gets tiring. It's more tiring to play defense than it is offense. So if you got them chasing, you got the defenseman chasing, you got that centerman down low chasing, and all of a sudden it comes into a long shift. And next thing you know, like then that's when a stick does get in on the hands. That's how you create power plays. That's how you can create penalties. And I think that's one of the things the Islanders, because of that low cycle game, like you said, they're they're more of a open ice you know they, they don't really get down low and, and into that cycle game and that's where you can create power plays by getting into the puck first then getting off the wall first and forcing that defenseman that sentiment to to, to do something drastic because they know they're beat and all of a sudden they have to do something in desperation where they hook the hands or they hook your you know they slash the stick and and whatnot but but, but regardless of all that you know, the refs are still going to miss some things. They're just human, too. And I, I don't know how, i got to be honest with you, I don't know how they missed that one, too. Uh, that was, I mean, because especially, like, those are the ones that, those bother me. That Those bother anyone, any player, anyone that's ever played any level. It created a goal. It, yeah. it, it, it literally created a goal. Those are the ones you cannot miss. Even you usually get mad if if a if a penalty or, or if a play creates a scoring chance and it should be a penalty, but then it creates a goal. Oh, good lord! That means everybody's livid. I was livid watching it. Yeah, that's a, that to me was you know the there's definitely calls that are made. You know, in in the current league, you get your stick 
you put your stick on the ice, even if a guy steps on it, which never used to be penalty, that's a guaranteed call. Uh, usually when a guy gets a breakaway, if he gets, you know, you used to be able to whack him a few times in the gloves or this, even the stick to try to disrupt it. Can't do that anymore. And definitely the slashing the stick out of the hands is, uh, is, is kind of a no brainer now. So that was a surprise to me. And those were, you know, yeah. Steve Kazari and, and Fred Lecouillet, who were two good refs were doing that one. Um, definitely a surprise that, uh, that they missed that. And, and yeah, it kind of, you know, you saw even Barry was barking about that one and he's the one oh, that yeah. usually keeps the calmest. So, um, I got the dogs it, barking on that one. Up the hill so much. <laughs> it is, it is frustrating. You know, there's definitely times when you look, you're looking for things that maybe aren't there. Or you see, you know, a, whatever, a, a, a hook or a hold or something and it's, uh, or, you know, a couple extra cross checks in front of the net and that stuff, mm-hmm. you know, you know that, that your team's, if you're a fan, your team's doing just as much of that as they are. But, for uh, sure. But the, like you said, the ones that are kind of in the scoring chance areas, either way, are usually uh, are usually Those caught and and automatic. I, they should be automatic. Yeah. Um, and I think the frustration, you know, with with not getting the calls, um, you know, as kind of Barry said when I brought it up to him uh, last week, he said we just have to be better five on five. He's like just like last year, and last year we got plenty of calls, and he was laughed because the power play just stunk last year. They were fourteen percent, <laughs> and they got you know they were right in the middle of the power play. I think they were tied for twentieth or twenty second, I believe, two hundred twenty seven power plays last year, which is you know right around average, um, and they just couldn't convert because the power play was awful. So yeah. uh, I think they have the experience of of being an exceptionally good five on five team, and that's what they pride themselves on with a lot of their their hard work uh, and their kind of grinding efforts um, to kind of wear teams down. And I think this season, you know, the fact that you, you combine the the egregiously low power play numbers with the fact that they have not been as good five on five, you know, the kind of the, the metrics tell you that they are still very much a team that prefers shot quality over shot quantity. Um, you know, their, their, their shot share on the ice is still, uh, bottom two or three teams in the league as it was last year, but their you know their high danger chances are uh, are in the positive category. So you know they're, that tells you they're good at keeping teams to the outside, and you know team can throw as many pucks from from the wall that or the point as they need to. But you, they clean up the the slot, and they're they're tough in there. Um, but I think they're not as good as they've been five on five. So that. You do need your special teams to be exceptional, and if they don't have the opportunities, it's hard to really generate a ton of offense five-on-five, especially with the group that they've been putting out there as they've been kind of patching things together without Clutterbuck, without Pellick um, at times earlier, without Jordan Eberle, without uh, Matt Martin, without Sezikis. You know, these are not guys that are necessarily their big scorers, but, uh, but as we've talked about so many times, this is a team that's defined by their roles, and when you don't have that yeah. fourth line, especially Sezikis, who's really the the engine yes. that makes them all go, um, you can see that they get a little haphazard. They don't have that line they can go to, that guy they can go to for energy, whether it's a, a big face-off win or a you know a solid forecheck or a, you know a, a, a penalty, you know the first guy out on the penalty kill to make an impact. Um, so they're just you know. The record is very good, and the 17-game point streak is uh, is going to be something that stands the test of time uh, for a long, long time. But I think yes. now we're into this, like you said, the the dog days, and and the fact that they're down a couple guys, it it tells me that, um, you know, they they do sort of need a boost of some kind, and you know whether it's yeah. 
a, a struggling team coming in like tonight or another round with the Rangers where they understand that their their level uh, you know and their mental and physical focus needs to be a lot higher than it was uh, last night um, and then over the weekend, Washington team that they're chasing, Carolina the team that's chasing them right behind in a difficult back-to-back where you've got an afternoon start at home and then an evening five o'clock start down in Raleigh the next night. Um, and then, like you said, kind of keeping that focus to, to make sure you power through that last yeah. game against the Rangers and, and the garden before you have that nice long layoff, whether guys are going to the Bahamas or Disney or whatever, <laughs> you can't be, you can't be dreaming about what the first pina colada is going to taste like because <laughs> this is, um, these are, you know, the, just to think that in, in seven days time, they've still got five games left and, and yeah. four of them are in the division. This is, uh, this is crunch time for them, like you said. And, and, and I think these next four, these next five games, are going to tell a lot about what they what Lou Lamarillo decides to do, uh, whatever he's been working on uh, in his conversations with other GMs. Um, you know, I think that ten day break is a long time for a guy who's got a very busy mind to think about what you know, what direction <laughs> this team is going to go before that February twenty fourth trade deadline. He's probably the only one dreading the break, <laughs> dreading it. There's definitely GMs out there that probably, uh, I think, they're, oh. maybe their owners are probably dreading the break for their GMs because they <laughs> they start they start hitting the numbers on their phone and you never know what can happen. Absolutely. Um, but when you look at this team, you know, you, we know Clutterbuck's not going to be back anytime soon. We know Pellick's probably not going to be back at all this season. Um, Sezika sounds like he'll be he could play before the break. Um, but you know, is there something that you can see? We're not going to name names of players, whether it's a guy in Bridgeport or a potential ad. But when you look at this team and and kind of the ups and downs they've had in the last month plus, what do they need? Is it is it something that they don't have right now in terms of personnel, or is it something, um, you know, just sort of team wide that the, that whether the standard that they set last year was so high that that maybe yeah. you can't you can't really duplicate it without. Uh, with pretty much the same group and and even less than the same group because you've had so many injuries, um, but what do you, what's the most important thing that this team needs uh, going into this this crazy run of games and then coming out of the break? Do you feel this is uh, so internally? I've got two answers for you on that one. Uh, so internally, you're looking for your leadership. You're looking for Lee. You're looking for Nelson. Even Barzell now where he's at. You're looking for Letty. Uh, you're looking for guys like that to step up and lead the way. They kind of take the bull by the horns and like, let's go, boys. Hey, we know this is tough mentally, physically. This is the grind part of the season, but we got to buck up here. We, you know, They're in a position to set themselves up for a great position into the playoffs. So they have to understand that. So you're looking for that leadership in the room, which they, which with, with Anders, with Brock, with all those guys, they 100% have. So that's the first thing you're looking for is to step up. Who's going to step up? And you look at one of those guys to step up, not just as a leader, but on the ice too, right, to, to, to help get through this slump. And now then on the flip side, when we're, we're talking about uh, Lou, Man, with with Pellick out, you gotta he's got to be looking for a defenseman. Uh, you got to look for somebody that can that can fill that hole, that can fill that role, because it's obvious that it's missing. And and to go back, to, it's kind of funny to turn it back into the whole Scott Stevens and Kandanico. He understands how how toughness in front of your goaltender and how how you need that physicality in the slot, that battle zone. 
how important that is to win hockey games. So that that's the two things that I'm looking for. As as the team itself, the leadership, those guys stepping up, and they certainly have the character uh, to do so. And then two, now with Lou, uh, you know, you got to start kind of looking. I'm like, hey, there's there's got to be a big physical defenseman somewhere out there because we kind of need one. <laughs> That's a tough ask. You know, there's. It's not I like know. We see, it's not like we see a lot of. It's not easy. It's not easy. We don't see a lot of regular D get tossed around. I'm not even talking top four. You know, everyone always says, like, we need a top four D or we need a top six forward. Everybody uh, does, right? There's no. Not even like a six, seven guy. You don't, you know, you don't even see like a guy who's more of a spare part get traded yet. Nope. So I understand what you're nope. saying. And, you know, and I think, um, uh, you know, our Pierre LeBron had kind of run through the possibilities. There's guys like, you know, Brendan Dillon out in San Jose is, is on an expiring yeah. deal. He's does fit that style. Um, you know, you wonder, do you want to spend, you know, we've talked about this also because yeah. we seem to talk yeah. about trades a lot. Um, you Ben, you'd think this team was on, you know, bobbing at 500, the way that we talk about how many, how many <laughs> trades they need to make. But, um, if you add a Brendan Dillon, you know, maybe that's a second round pick. Maybe it's a third and a conditional pick. Um, but those are assets that are gone now that you don't have. And then yep. do you say, because we know that they, they probably do need a forward. Um, yep. You know, wh- whether they can make do with, uh, you know, give Otto Koivula a chance to see if, you know, in his second go round up here, he's not playing tonight, I don't think, but maybe they'll give him a, a shot to see what he can do or, or a Kiefer Bellows or an Andrew Ladd or somebody that we've talked about uh, can come up from Bridgeport and provide a spark or Oliver Wallstrom now that he's he's back from the World Juniors. Um, but, there you know, there's going to be more uh, forwards who fit that, you know, veteran guys who can score a a goal or two and play a two-way game, expiring deals. Um, there's going to be more of those guys available than defensemen. So if you commit to making the move for a defenseman, it's probably going to cost you a little bit more, whether it's a, mm-hmm. a Brendan Dillon on an expiring deal or, you know, you start to think about a guy like Alec Martinez, who's, you know, again, he's a lefty, uh, you know, kind of puts them in that left-right uh, balance that, that Trotz likes. Um, he's one of he's won a couple Stanley Cups. Uh, you know he's he's definitely he's 32 and he's got another year left. So that's then you're adding a little bit more. It's, he feels more like a hockey trade than just a rental trade. So yeah. now you're expending more assets. Um, it's hard to know what to commit to. And and I think the you know the Pelic injury uh, when this season is over and we look back and whether they you know make the playoffs and bow out in the first round or go on a great run and make it to the conference finals and he does come back and play. We're going to look back on that injury and, and say that was the one that either that either threw this season completely out of whack when it was going well enough, or uh, was the was the injury that spurred Lou to make a, a, a fairly drastic for his tenure move um, and and made them you know a different sort of team and kind of kicked some of those questions down to the off season now, especially if you get a guy like Martinez who's got another year left and you've got a bunch of young guys who you know Taves needs a new contract Pollock needs a new contract you've got Boychuk and Letty with a few more years left um it's uh I think there's just a there's just a lot of questions around getting another D especially a guy who can who can carry a a decent you know 20 minute a night kind of load rather than physical 20 minutes right 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 because the way these you know you're going to be playing whoever you get needs to play a heavy style game because that's the way that they defend um versus getting a guy who's maybe 
more of a fringe guy who's, you know, uh, you know, I always, a couple of years ago, I, I feel like uh, every trade story I ever wrote about the Islanders when they were good uh, at the deadline involved Adam McQuaid. He was just kind of my go-to guy in my head. Yeah. Like they could use an Adam McQuaid type. Like a guy who doesn't have to be in the yeah. lineup every night, but is, you know, great guy in the room, can play a little bit. And they never got him, so I should I stopped saying it after a while. I know he's not in, not even in the league anymore, but um, I think you know, the Islanders need a Mark Parrish. That's, that's, that's right. Well, they do need a Mark Parrish. <laughs> maybe oh, not like Lord. maybe not like late two thousands Mark Parrish, but <laughs> like late nineties, early two thousands yeah, Mark early Parrish. Yeah, 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 that, that kind of Mark Parrish. <laughs> so yeah, it's uh, it'll be interesting to see how these games go. Um, these next five, and when we when we reconvene, you know, before the the Ranger game next week, uh, I think you know, I think things are you know whether they have pulled off a couple of wins and are able to, um, you know, kind of right the ship off of last night, um, or whether they're you know they're they're feeling like they're in need of more something more, um, or yeah. you know, I think I tend to think that the way that these last. Uh, 20 plus games have gone it's going to be more a little bit more of the same up and down and up and down until we get to that long break and and you know Lou may be wondering about what to do with the roster but Barry and his coaching staff I think will be doing more wondering how to make the most out of what they've got and usually a coach like like him given a lot of time without feeling distracted or having a lot of games uh, I like I'd like having him more than not having him on my team yeah. to to sit and think for ten days about how to maximize uh, what they have. So uh, so yeah, I think this next these next couple of weeks are going to be pretty crucial to to what the the nineteen twenty Islanders end up. So I'm I'm curious to see uh, where it goes. Yeah, I would love to be just a I don't know have a bug in the telephones between Barry and Lou over the ten <laughs> days when they really get a chance, like you said, to sit back and kind of chew on everything that's happened the season and everything and what they really need. I would love to hear those conversations. Well, the Islanders do have all of their scouts in town this week. So that's, uh, that's another kind of line of demarcation where, you know, they were all at the game last night and they'll all be here tonight. And I imagine the, the ongoing meetings of, uh, you know, not just the amateur guys, what they've been looking at, but the pro guys and, uh, you know, who's looking good on other teams that might be available. So, you know, I think this is kind of a, that just adds to the this defining week, um, and we'll see uh, we'll see what happens uh, um, after it's over. You know, we'll we'll uh, we'll be able to yeah. be back next week and and recap some of the games, and then uh, we'll come to you later this week with our subscriber only episode. It's going to be a fun one. Mark is going to share some of his strongest, fondest memories of Islander Ranger battles from the early two thousands, oh, and uh, so many, I'll, so many. I'll have a couple of good stories uh, from my talking to some of the dynasty era guys, some of the current guys about what the rivalry means. It you know obviously meant something different back in the days when they used to play in the playoffs a lot, but uh, but still um, you know I think even last night's game is as disappointing as it was had that that little wacky flavor that I think I've, we've all come to expect from <laughs> from the Islander Ranger rivalry. Even when yeah. when both teams aren't necessarily at the top of the league, it still it still creates a, a buzz that's unlike any other any other two teams getting together. So so keep an eye out for that one uh, at the end of this week. It'll be fun. And thank you as always, my friend. Go awesome. ice thank you so for much, your Arthur. from your you. from your ten oh, seconds on the uh, knees, skating knees, around today. The knees, <laughs> knees and groins. I'm not sure which hurts more. Yeah. And thanks for listening, everybody. This is No Sleep Till Belmont, your Islanders podcast from The Athletic. We'll catch you again soon.